Hi, I'm Karen Osborne, and this is Living in the Sandwich Zone, a place where each week we talk all things parenting, caregiving, juggling life, and reclaiming joy. Welcome back to my conversation with my friend and filmmaker, Tom Huang. In part two, we talk more about Tom's dad and his diagnosis of depression, and also his family's resistance to getting mental health support. We talk about the challenges of finding the right balance of psychotropic medication, and also the importance of self-care when you're navigating all of this sandwich zone caregiving. Finally, we talk about how our actions impact those around us and the ripple effect of appreciation and meaning that we can bring to the lives of those we engage with in the world. So sit back, relax, and take a listen to part two of my conversation with Tom. Uh, so I don't know how it was for your dad. Was your dad open to no. getting help? I think the, the other issue was not just my dad wasn't open to it, but like my immediate family, like mm. my, my mom you know, his, his siblings, like, I think that was, that was the main thing is like people didn't understand what clinical depression is, you know, they, they, you know, they just think it's just like a sadness. It's just a mood. And like, I didn't understand it for that matter. You know, I was just in college and it was during the, um, the Prozac years and Prozac nation and, and that, that kind of those, those books and people talked about it, but it was kind of discussed as like a, you know, like a rich person thing that didn't have anything to do, but, but be sad about things. And so, it took everybody a long time to understand that this is, this is a physical thing. It's not, you know, there's a mental part of it, but it, when it, when it triggers something physical in your head, that's when it becomes a physical issue too. So it, was, it wasn't only just about getting someone to talk to him, but also, you know, he needed to look into taking medication, any sort of medication for any ailment for, I think a lot of people in, in our parent generation is like, Oh, that's, that's another sign of weakness. Like I should, Right. A sign of weakness. That's, I think, that's, I think part of it is that there's this perception, misperception that if you choose or have to take medication for a mental health condition, that that is somehow some sort of weakness. And, you know, it's like, if you have pneumonia and you (laughs) get medication to help your system control that condition, and yeah. manage that condition, there's no stigma there. If you yeah. break your leg and you get put in a cast, there's no stigma there. Yeah. Um, and I think the same thing has to be true. And, and that's a really big part, honestly, of, of why I wanted to start this podcast and talk about um, mental health in general, because I think the more that we talk about it and yeah. the more that we acknowledge that it's a pervasive thing yeah it's not this i mean there's very few people there are very few people that i have talked to that are not touched by someone they know or love that is struggling with mental health struggles absolutely absolutely so but i think that one of the other things and i think your dad went through it and i know that my dad goes through it is you clear the hurdle of getting onto medication. Yeah. But then at some point 
you feel a little better because the medication's kicking yep. in. Yeah. And then the cycle starts like, I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that. Did your dad yeah. have that? Yeah. I mean, it took maybe after maybe like seven, eight years, like sometimes he would get off and, 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 and I wouldn't know about it, but then I'd come home and he would be in a certain mood or a state that like was not the way it was before. And took there were like probably two or three restarts that I had to like um, get him to like, you know, start taking the medication again. And then um, as he's gotten older uh, with all his health complications now, it's uh, he's actually been taken off for some reasons that, you know, this is before I was able to stay on top of what he was getting, you know, what, what his medications were and everything that I didn't know about. And so there was a point probably like a few years ago where he had gotten off for an extended amount of time. And it's been very hard now to get him on something that gets his mood, his, his, his mood back. Um, and that, so. is just, that is such, that, that I think is one of the hardest things um, is finding the right balance or yeah. cocktail of medication. And, you know, I think that it really ends up being a lot of trial and error, mm-hmm. a lot of sort of guessing to try yeah. to see what might work, what might you know, help, you know, stabilize. Um, I, I, we've had that issue, I think with my dad, we've definitely had it with my daughter and it's very, very hard. I know as a parent, for me, the issue of medication, um, you want, I think everybody wants like the quick fix pill that you take it and you feel better and you see an immediate result. Yeah. That's, just, that's just not the case with nope. psychotropic medication. Yeah. You know, you have this very long windup where you're building up at a gradual level to a therapeutic dosage. Yeah. And that can take six weeks. Yeah. I know for, you know, when Lynn's was in crisis and we were dealing with suicidal ideation. Wow. Yeah. I could not, I mean, it was hard to get through a 24 hour period, let alone thinking six weeks we have to wait yeah, to exactly. see something change. Yeah. And then it turned out that the, the initial medication wasn't was the right, right medication, yeah. you know? And, and so after month, yeah. after month, after month, after month, after month, it takes a lot of courage actually to, to say, okay, we need to try something different Yeah. <laughs> because you know, we, we have a fabulous doctor That's great. Um, and who is very methodical um, about the approach. Um, and so we wanted to give it time to see. And yeah. then when you get to the point after investing so much time and being just treading water in this yeah. place where things aren't getting better, it's hard because you want, I know, I know for me, I wanted it to work so badly. Yeah, And to come to the realization that it wasn't working, it was just another trauma yeah. that set me back so far, feeling like I was just sliding down a slippery slope into despair. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I think, uh, especially for people who are trying so hard like you to help, you know, your loved one, you know, get through it is, um, to me, it's akin to, to teaching. Our time at CAS, the leadership camp, where we were counselors for these high school students, uh, in one instance, there was someone in our group, in my group, who did not get along with me at all. And I really fought hard to make her see what we were doing. 
then I didn't talk to her again after the camp. And two years later, she sent me a letter saying that like, I don't think you understand like what you did affected me and changed the way I look at things. And now I'm, I feel like I'm a better person. And I was like, wow, whoa, you know? And I think that's what happens with these drugs. You're not going to see it until you, you probably don't even won't notice it, the changes because you're in it, right? Yeah. You're in it. And you just yeah. like, you know, the changes are like incremental is maybe someone like a doctor who's able to see it because they see them during longer periods uh, of breaks. And so, and like you said, sometimes it doesn't work and you got to try something else. That's the same, with, same thing with teaching. You know, it's like, you might be teaching someone a certain way, but everyone learns differently, you know, and if it doesn't work the way you're doing it, then change it and see what happens. But you can't beat yourself up over it. I think this is what we talked about before. It's like, you know, you just know that you got to lock yourself in and just stay strong. And then at some point it's going to get better, but you got to work through it. And I have issues with, with, with one of my kids um, who had uh, serious anger issues when he was young and um, it was a diagnosed condition. And they said, well, it's probably a physical thing where he just needs to develop. But, and there's no, you know, when a kid at age of like second grade has anger issues, like there's no kid anger management classes, you know, they just, they don't get it. Like they don't, they want to follow it. It's like, you know, these are very cerebral kind of things you have to do to try to get through it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, tell him to go to the corner and count to 10. Yeah. No, you know, he's the Hulk. He's like, he'd rather like break a window than like do that. And he won't listen to anybody. So but in talking to the, the psychotherapist about it, she was like, well, you know, it's probably a physical thing that maybe it'll take time for his body to develop because his body can't handle that emotion of like being panic and anxiety. You could like, you know, try to give it time or there are these drugs, but just know that once he takes these drugs, you can't go back. This is something that he'll be taking for life. There's some drugs that that you could take that you just go on and off of, but this type of drugs, like once you start it, it profoundly affects your body chemistry. And so my wife and I had to take, you know, really had to think hard about it and said, can we live with dealing with his condition until he gets older? And we decided, yeah, I mean, that's, we have to at least try. Right. And so how's he doing today? He's doing much better. Absolutely much better. But you know, he's in eighth grade now and it's been six years of, um, at times it's been really, it's been really difficult, you know, uh, having to go to school and he's cleared out classrooms because of his wow. anger, having to go through the school district to get him um, an assistant and the stigma for him to have an assistant with him is he's gotten through it, but the assistant definitely helped, you know, mm-hmm someone that was there and like again this is we went through like three or four assistants before we found one that right work yeah Yeah. um the same thing you know but now he's much better when he enters high school he won't need assistant anymore the anger outbursts that happen only happens at very extreme times you know he's just a kid and you know it took what second day so six years of being in it and I think that's what you, you do if you want to, if you want to get your level better is know that you just got to strap in and buckle up, buttercup. Yeah. 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 And I think, that, I think that's the hard part that we're talking about here is like, okay, so you have decided that you are going to take this responsibility and do it, strap yourself in, even though you're doing it and you're doing your responsibility, you still have to take care of yourself. That's a hard part of people because like, well, if I step away now, 
so that I could like breathe the guilt sentence. Like, well, no one else will be able to do this. No one else will be able to help him. No, you know, I'm the only person to do it. I mean, you have articulated it so perfectly in that because that I think is what I have really struggled with. And, you know, it's this overwhelm, this absolute surge of overwhelm and feeling like you're hanging on and managing so many things and like the competing things of caring for your child, trying to get them the resources and support they need in school, caring for your dad, caring for your mom when she was alive. You know, I feel like I'm doing it with my daughter and my son and my parents. And I had to let the work thing drop because I couldn't do it. And, you know, I'm a trial lawyer that has people's lives in my hand when I'm at work. And the amount of mental impairment Mm -hmm. that I have, that I am existing with, there's just no way that I could do my job at the level that I need to in order to do it properly. And so there are these surges of overwhelm. And I think what happened with me is that I totally abandoned self-care. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. There's too much going on. I don't have time to stop and take a bath or, you know, read a book or go for a walk. And, you know, it just became, it got to a point where I, I had a, I had a crack. I had just like a fracture. Yeah. Um, The moment where my child who's in crisis was just like railing on me. Yeah. And I was there, you know, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I have been bending over backwards trying to do everything I could possibly do to support you, to support this household, to support my parents. Yep. And, and in that moment, I was like, oh man, I totally let myself go. I, and, and so that has sort that really cracked the door open to my self-care journey, but the overwhelm feeling, I think you captured that feeling that I'm trying to express mm-hmm. in the opening scene of dealing with dad. Mm-hmm. There's a scene of Amelia in a hallway that looks kind of narrow. Actually, uh, Margaret, that's, this is the newest film. The newest film. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Margaret. Yeah. Amelia's Find Me. Yeah. Margaret. Um, in the hallway. Margaret's in the hallway trying to put a key in the door. And then in the background, you see water just start to flood into the hallway. Like from the vantage point of the view, it looks like she would never, ever, ever be able to escape. Yeah. Like it's just coming and it's coming and it's coming at such a high volume and pressure that, I mean, that's the feeling that I think I lived through from 2019 yeah. <laughs> to most of 2021. Yeah. yeah. It's just that overwhelming feeling of just, you're about to drown. You're about to go under. Yeah. And then, of course, the added level of difficulty of COVID, oh. in addition to everything else, right? Yeah. Like when, I, when I had to uh, move in with my dad for two months, you know, this is when 
we didn't know much about COVID and wearing a mask in your house everywhere. Yeah. If you have like a little cough or you have something to like, you know, or in my case, Isn't like the worst thing to cough yeah. and sneeze in public now. I know. So exactly. <laughs> or like, it, it, but it's, it's more like, Oh my God, do I have COVID? Like, right. what, you know, do I have to like step back and like, you know, and one time I actually, I had, I ate something bad, like at some restaurant and I didn't know it. And then I came home and I had GI issues and other things. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, do I have COVID? Like, and this is like right before we're about to move him to his boarding home. It's like, oh, that means he might be infected. So we had to like delay and like I had to go get a test. And I was like all freaked out. Like, oh, my God, this I worked so hard to get him moved. Like now we got to wait. Yeah, it's it, that added stress in addition to something that's already stressful. And also, like you said, like having your parents in a hospital nursing home during the pandemic, you know, having to deal with not being able to go there and like not find someone to talk to especially in nursing homes. My dad was a nurse home during times and they are a mess. I mean, I don't know, you know, if there is a good nursing home that could handle what COVID put on them. I would say that one nursing home almost killed my dad. Mm. I was just lucky that I was able to get him out when I, when I did. Other people were not so lucky. You know, there's a lot of documented cases where, things were falling apart in the nursing homes and they were not telling anybody. And uh, it's only discovered later that it's, it's been a mess there. And so um, I think a lot of things have been a mess. And I think, I think there are, there are good places out there, but like, again, when you are in crisis, it is so easy to see what's not working. You really have to be intentional, intentional about looking for what is working and the good places. Um, so I think that, you know, it is, it's one of those things, though, that I feel like you have two avenues, right? This is a lot of trauma to endure. Yeah. And we can have the path of post-traumatic stress, or we can try to find the path toward post-traumatic growth. Yeah. And look and find, and I think self-care, like you're saying, is a big component of that. I think that the more you start to look for and act on the things that bring you little amounts of joy. Yep. It doesn't have to be colossal. Yeah. I think think that's the key is that some people think that like, Oh, I need a break. So I need to go to Hawaii for a week or whatever. And it's not that, I mean, in fact, you know, it's, I think it's probably more stressful to go to Hawaii for a week, leaving everything behind, not knowing what's happening over there. I'm sure it could be helpful, but I think it's more about, like you said, like the little things, like taking breaks, making sure you schedule time for your, yeah. yourself, trusting that things will be okay. And if something does happen, it's not your fault, you know, because if you take everything upon yourself and you collapse. Yeah, I think it that, really that, is an illusion. That is worse. Yeah. You know, my, I, I struggle with control issues. Yeah. yeah. Feeling like I, can, I have to control everything. Yeah. Yep. And it really is such an illusion that. I have any control in the first place. So <laughs> coming to terms with that, like, I think there's a higher power here. <laughs> a little more grasp on the strings than I do. You are in control of things, but to be in control of everything at all times yeah. um, is too much to ask for, I think. Yeah. Uh, it are mere mortals after all. Yeah. And it, it will, it will affect you and it will affect your relationships. For um, sure. So, so, so what what for you is the little joy that is going to light you up today? 
Oh, well, food, you know. I do. I see some posts of some good food stuff in your threads. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think this is another thing, a whole other issue to talk about another time. But like, you know, you and I are lucky that even though we're getting, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress, like we have the support that we have and that we're okay financially, you know, to do things. And so I feel like I'm fortunate that I have the opportunity to like decide what I want for lunch. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, and that can be a little joy yesterday. Yeah, I myself and I had a, um, a half an egg salad sandwich from my favorite little bakery around the corner. And it was a delight. It exactly. was a treat and it was, it was yummy and it made me feel good. And yeah. And if you could like give yourself time away with that, with that egg salad sandwich, where you just, I don't know, look at the news or read something where you're doing it and like just giving yourself that time to like not yeah, think about what's going on around there, you know. So that's one of them. Um, playing basketball is another one, uh, which has been tough during the pandemic. But now that things have started up again, like me and a bunch of my friends over the years have rented out a gym once a week, one of the junior high gyms. And once a week you go out there, and we just play basketball for a couple hours it's exercise and plus it's just camaraderie and yeah it's just that connection I mean that 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 connection I cannot say how much it enhances my life to be able to connect with people yeah absolutely absolutely just like connecting with you today Tom Wong oh yes exactly (laughs) Karen I think, you know, you call the podcast, but I think it's really just kind of therapy for both of us. I think so. You know what? (laughs) And you know what? Hopefully, hopefully somewhere, someone out there will, will uh, pick up a nugget of wisdom. I think that, you know, it's kind of like what you said earlier on um, about the cask camper that two years later wrote you saying what an effect you had on her life. I think we as human beings cannot underestimate the little interactions that we mm-hmm. have and how we show up in the world and how that will impact people going forward. So I think that to take steps today to go out, do something that brings you joy and um, spread a little kindness goes a long way. Yeah, I, I think something like that, what you just talked about, it, it helped me learn to trust that if you stay positive and you try to be kind to people that it will go somewhere. You might never know what happens with it. Yeah. Like a lot of us need like validation or whatever. And I think it does help that validation every once in a while to someone to come up to you and tell you something or see something. That's what happened with find me too, is that, you know, I just made this film thinking I was, I was going to make it cause I need to make a film I was hoping it would touch someone. I didn't know. I think as a filmmaker, you have aspirations of, oh, I want to like, you know, win an Oscar or I want to like make a big budget film with big stars or whatever. But when I start getting emails from hundreds of people saying how that film inspired them to go out, inspired them to heal or affected them some way, I was like, wow, this is why I'm making movies, you know? And so. And you know, I think that that's such a huge point is that, more often than not, we will not know yep. how or who we've touched in life in a profound way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think shortly before I went on leave from work, I had a client that I represented literally 20 years earlier. Wow. Call and leave me a voicemail. Wow. 
tracked me down. <laughs> and I'm still at the same office. Tracked <laughs> me down and called to tell me. And it's funny because he's like, I don't know if you remember me, but, um, and he shared how I had really encouraged him to go to trial on a case. And he actually chose not to go to trial on the case. And he wanted to let me know how he really appreciated me advocating for him and showing up for him and trying to, you know, just fight for his best interest at a time where he felt completely under the thumb of a system that is not, you know, I don't refer to it as the justice system. It's the legal system, (laughs) but that's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) I might start later. (laughs) but you know he wanted to tell me how his life turned out that's awesome and he wanted to tell me how meaningful it was and so yeah I think it is great to hear those stories about what you have done but I also know that in my life too I know how deeply some people have touched me you know when I when I had my daughter I ended up having my daughter in a moving car on the way to the hospital. Oh, that's right. Literally, before my husband was able to pull over, she was out of me. Wow. And one of the things we had, he, <laughs> Matt drove to the gas station and, you know, it was the whole like made for TV, my wife just had a baby. You know, <laughs> call 911. They whisked us to the hospital and I remember that the, the pediatrician, they wanted to take Lynn's away from me wow. because she had not been born in a sterile environment. Yeah. And they wanted to put her in the nursery so she could be monitored more carefully. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to be separated from her, especially yeah. after having had such a traumatic birth experience. Yeah. And my sister um, gave me the number for her pediatrician. She has older kids who, who worked at the hospital that we'd been taken to. And I called her and she came and she advocated for me. Wow. And she's the one who got the powers that be in the hospital to allow my daughter to room in with me. And I have never forgotten that. Yeah. I will never forget it. And then fast forward to during, during 2020, we went to the pediatric group that that doctor is a part of, and she happened to be filling in for our pediatrician. Wow. She had no recollection at all as to who we were or what part she played in my life, in my child's life. Yeah. But man, oh man, that little act that probably for her was just par for the course of a day's work Yep, was so colossal. So it goes both ways. Yeah. It goes both ways. Absolutely. And uh, I think that that's just another little thing to make sure you tell people who have helped you. Thank you. You know, and yeah, uh, you don't know, you don't know what it does for someone, but you know, especially someone like that doctor who doesn't, probably right now is going through a lot of crazy stress, you know, and you hear that that, that's what keeps people going. And that makes them understand that they don't get a chance to see it all the time, but they're affecting people and changing lives, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's the toughest yeah. thing about being a teacher. Oh. Right? Yeah. You just you don't know what you did for these kids because they grow up and they become whatever. And you just help them through this little period of your life and, and you know, a lot of them, you know, have helped help kids for the better. Absolutely. And I think that that taking, taking a minute out of your day, out of your life to just convey how much someone has meant to you. Yeah. Huge, huge way to stir joy, not only in your own life, but in that other person's life. Yeah, absolutely. So my friend, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your time and for take two of the <laughs> in the sandwich zone podcast episode with tom wong <laughs> but tell tell everybody before we wrap though where they can find you where they can follow you where they can see your films oh, and okay. all of that well find me um uh, you can actually watch it for free with ads if you want on tubi tv uh, imdb tv or roku tv or uh, you can rent it on um, amazon prime or itunes or Google Play. It's called Find Me, and just look up Find Me. And it's the one. We'll, we'll include the links in the show notes. Uh, once there you I, go. Once you. I figure out how to make a show notes. <laughs> 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 so yeah, or, or do that. That's very exciting. You could follow me at uh, at Tom Huang Film on Instagram and and Facebook, but I'm not really good about uh, doing that. Uh, so yeah, neither am um, I. I feel you on that. Yeah, that's that's a whole another. It's a whole other thing to manage, man. It is. It really is. Yeah. uh, And then dealing with that, uh, we're hoping to to, uh, start the festival circuit, film festival circuit with it in spring. And I saw saw a little article um, Uh, that dealing with dad was um, suggested as one of the Sundance Film Festival (laughs) films. Yes. Fingers fingers crossed. Well, no, they already passed on it, but... uh, it right. was nice to get that mentioned in, in the IndieWire article saying they'd like to see it. Uh, that was that was huge. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea how they how they found out about it actually. But uh, well, it's it's a super impactful film, and I'm really glad you made it. And it's just it's so timely in terms of this discussion and and the conversations that I'm wanting to have. So I wish you well with all of it, and uh, I'm sure eventually we'll do a part three, four, and five. Of, yes, absolutely. Of our, our chat, and hopefully the next time in person. I want to be a regular guest. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yes. yes. This is going to be great. I love it. All right, my friend. Well, right. go out, stir some joy today, and thanks so much for, for hanging out. All right. You too, Karen. All right, love. Take care. Talk to you soon. I'm Karen Osborne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living in the Sandwich Zone. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, and share it with a friend. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, one of the best ways you can support me is rating and reviewing the podcast there. You can follow me on Instagram at karen.e.osborne, that's O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Or if you want to become an insider, a club sandwich member, click the link in the show notes and join my private Facebook group. Until next time, remember to add yourself to your caregiving list and take a moment today and do something that brings you joy.